You're listening to The Q's Podcast, episode 138. Thank you, Q's Podcast listeners, for tuning in. During today's conversation, you'll get to know and be inspired by the 2022 Q's Emerge competition winner, Zachary Churchill. A Q's member, Zachary is the Vice President of Finance for $1 billion USF Federal Credit Union, headquartered in Tampa, Florida. My name is Lisa Hograff, and I'm Q's senior editor, as well as your host for this episode. Before we get into more details about this show, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. Strategic Resource Management, or SRM, is a leading advisory firm based in Memphis, Tennessee, serving credit unions across North America. SRM has helped more than 1,000 clients save over $5 billion on vendor contracts across card networks, payments, and pin point-of-sale providers, core processing, and much more. SRM also offers advisory services to help executives manage digital transformation, improve operational efficiency, enhance member experience, and develop strategies to integrate cryptocurrency and digital asset solutions. And now, with the addition of Seabright and Associates, an SRM company, they offer even more to our credit union clients, including unmatched strategic planning services and the Strategic Leadership Series membership and perspectives reports. Visit srmcorp.com today to learn how SRM can help you. And follow SRM on LinkedIn for the latest insights and trends impacting your world. SRM, they exist to improve your bottom line. If you want to build a team, you want players who are humble, hungry, and people smart. Zachary Churchill says this is not his idea. It's from Patrick Lencioni, founder of The Table Group. But Zachary seems not only to espouse it, but to embody it. The winner of the 2022 Kears Merge competition, Zachary is not afraid to say he previously entered the competition in 2013 and didn't advance. So that's pretty humble. He is hungry too. He's interested in learning and growing to the point where he would like to become CEO of a credit union one day. And he's already been sharing everything he learns about leadership with other leaders and staffers at his credit union. As for people smart, well, listen to the show to get several examples of how Zachary shines in this area. In the show, Zachary also gets into his experience with both the educational and competition phases of the Q's Emerge program, a sketch of his Q's Emerge business case for building an analytics team, the power of storytelling, his best advice for writing a solid business case and building a winning online presentation, how to become more receptive to feedback, plus advice for inspiring leaders in the credit union movement. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Zachary, and congratulations on winning the Q's Emerge competition for 2022. Thank you, Lisa, for having me here. I'm just so excited. This has been, you know, kind of a crazy time, uh, so much positive stuff uh, coming out of the competition. So I'm just feeling so thankful, so grateful for the opportunity and excited to see, you know, kind of what comes next. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Before we get into talking about Q's Emerge itself and your business case on analytics, I'd like to help our listeners get to know you a bit better. 
to that end, would you have a quote or a professional mantra that you live by that you feel comfortable sharing? Well, I'll share a quote from Maya Angelou that I think has been very impactful for me. Um, she says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's always a quote that I thought is just really beautiful. And then as I've kind of learned and grown, I've realized just how much it really means. Um, you know, I used to think that the things we did were what mattered. It was the results that we delivered. That's what really sort of shaped us and others' view of us. Uh, but one of the things I've learned is if people don't really enjoy being around you, if you sort of leave them with a bad taste in the mouth, then what do those results matter? So, you know, what if instead you focused on making people feel really great, that every time they interacted with you, I hope that's the case and interact with me today, that you leave thinking, wow, that was really great. I enjoyed that time with Zachary. He made me feel positive things, you know. Um, I think back to a while ago, I had a coaching session with an employee that was in a leadership role. And this employee, they're very direct in their communication style. And so sometimes that would rub people the wrong way. Um, and it kind of created a not so great view of this, this leader and was affecting their career growth. And so I had to be really honest with this individual about what was going on. And I had to say some things that weren't that flattering. Like it wasn't really a, a great, fun, positive conversation. I tried to be supportive, encouraging about how the behavior could change and get better outcomes. But honestly, I was kind of worried that afterwards the person was going to be down in the dumps, kind of upset with me and not real happy about you know, me as the leader. Uh, but we got back like a week later. And the first thing this leader said to me, huge smile, grin ear to ear, thank you. And I was like, hmm, thank you. I, mean, I kind of expected grumbling or like a passive aggressive response, but instead I got gratitude and thanks. And um, I, I asked her, I was like, why did you handle this bad feedback so positively? And the leader said to me, well, you gave me bad news, but you believed in me. And so that belief gave this individual the confidence to see that they were capable of improving, that this is something that could be changed. And when I think about it, the reason I share it is it was very meaningful for me. It, sometimes it brings me almost to tears to think about like what that was like, that going in was something that was kind of a harsh, painful reality, and the person coming back and saying, thank you, because you believed in me. And so I think that kind of goes back to that quote. It's how you made somebody feel at the end of the day. That's really awesome. I love Maya Angelou and that quote. And that's an amazing example of it in action. Thank you for that, Zachary. So let's start talking a bit about the Cues Emerge program. Would you give us a little bit of history? What helped you decide to apply for the program? And what were the steps leading to your involvement? So I'm kind of old school when it comes to Cues Emerge. I was actually an applicant in the original iteration, the Next Top Credit Union Executive Program back in 2013. And uh, Back then, you had to do an application video, it was like a minute or so long video, which is out on the internet, and as you know, the internet never forgets. So my application video still, somewhat embarrassingly, is still out there from 2013. Back then, you had to get social media engagement to move forward in the program, and I'm terrible at social media engagement, so I didn't make it too far, but I was proud that I put myself out there and applied. Uh, then, you know, I've been thinking about the program kind of in the back of my mind for several years. And then last year, uh, one of my dear friends, Mark Foles, who uh, I met as a credit union development educator back in 2018, November, best class ever, he had posted online that he had received his certified credit union manager designation, which is one of the outcomes of completing the Q's Emerge program. And so the day I saw that, I was like, oh, 
I need to do this. And so I put down in my calendar for January 1st, my uh, Outlook calendar, to go ahead and put in my application as soon as the window opened to be able to participate because I was like, well, I want to do Mark proud and go in and participate in this program, you know, in the next iteration and hopefully have a great experience like, you know, what he had shared he had. Well, I'm so glad you came back. That's a great story. So that in the new version of the Q's Emerge program, uh, everything starts with an education component. I, I'm curious about your top takeaways from the Q's virtual classroom and mastermind sessions that you would have gone through during that phase of the competition. I love the learning component of the program. I think that's been a really great enhancement that gives a lot of value back to the participants. And so we had three key sessions. Uh, one was what's the problem with Dr. Mario Musa, which was about sort of structuring what is the opportunity that you see in your organization. We talked about the competitive advantage of social capital with Dr. John Burroughs, and he spoke about the value of relationships in an organization and how having strong relationships can allow you to accomplish more. And then the last session was The Art of Powerful Communication by Lauren Weinstein. And that was one that really blew me away. Uh, one of the big takeaways that I had out of this communication session was uh, she shared a difference between typical communicators and top communicators. And the big difference was typical person asks themselves, what do I want to say? And then builds content from that vantage point. But the top communicators ask themselves, what does my audience want or need to hear? And then builds their content from that vantage point. And I think it really requires you to think about the audience. Who are they? What do they value? What information do they come in uh, to your presentation with? Um, and at the end of the day, your audience really is a customer shopping for a product. It's, it's an experience about learning about something, but also really conveying a bigger message. And so, you know, the product is the product. That's sort of the content. But your packaging, how you're presenting that and really thinking about what your audience wants and needs to hear can be the difference between making the sale on that product or in our case, you know, having a pitch that's well received or an item that just sits on the shelf. And it's interesting to me how much those big ideas that you studied during the education component actually fit in with your Maya Angelou quote has not only to do with what you're saying, but how you say it, how it comes across, how people receive it. That's very interesting. So after the education portion, Q's Emerge moves into the competition phase. Would you please give our Q's podcast listeners a sketch of the business case that you presented on October 5th? during the live pitch show on Zoom. Sure. So the core idea was developing a data analytics team in the credit union. And so I told the story of a member, which is Mrs. Rose, uh, that we were able to get out of a bad financial situation. So we refinanced a high interest rate car loan that she had got from one of those buy here, pay here type car lots back to the credit union. Um, and sort of the twist in the story was, it's great that we help this one member, but because of siloed data and lack of visibility into, um, into that data, there were dozens of other members in the credit union in a similar type of situation, but we don't know who they are to be able to assist them. And so I laid out kind of a three-phase process for implementing data analytics in the credit union, which I labeled show it, know it, and grow it. And the show it being starting to visualize some of the data, know it being developing data definitions and sort of standard, how do we measure uh, items and then grow it, expanding the information all across the credit union. Since the Q's Emerge program started, I actually worked with uh, some of my team to develop a data analytics proof of concept using Microsoft Power BI software. And we were able to get some daily operational dashboards for the lending team 
They've got some key metrics they need to closely manage because we've been in a rising interest rate environment. And so they want to stay on top of how they've priced loans and what their yields look like. And so that proof of concept actually was really valuable for us and was a great demonstration of partnering between my team, the finance group, and the lending teams, how we were able to look at these numbers every day, how to strengthen our partnership and break down kind of silos that tend to build up between departments and build really strong trust and communication. That's pretty exciting. Um, I'm, I'm still impressed. You're bringing together analytics, but with the people too. And that's a really cool thing to watch someone do. And I really enjoyed your pitch on the show itself. One of the things I've heard about you since then is that you have been a real standout in terms of receiving feedback well. As an editor, that makes a lot of questions jump into my mind, but I'll limit myself to two. First, I'm wondering, what was the top piece of advice you received during the Q's Emerge program, and how did you act on it? Okay, maybe that was two, but here's another. What would you recommend to other leaders about how to be receptive to feedback? So one great piece of feedback that I got was from Michael Berger during the program. He said, too many words, Zach. Um, and, you know, that kind of sounds minor, but it was huge for me. So I'm an analytical thinker, and, you know, I like to get all the information out there. That's why I did a data project. Um, and I had to adapt that natural tendency in, to create something that was going to be exciting and compelling and get a pitch done in just seven minutes. So when I did my first run through of the pitch, turns out I was double that. It was 14 minutes long. So I knew I was going to have to become a word count dictator. I had to ruthlessly slash through sentences to eliminate content, uh, that, things that were important but not mission critical. And truthfully, I cringed every time I had to get rid of a thought or comment that I liked, but I realized it wasn't essential to conveying my message. And so ultimately, I was able to cut down the overall structure so that it fit on just a couple pages of written text. Uh, honestly, at times it was gut-wrenching. It was very hard to sort of let go and trust that I could get all the content in such a narrow window of time. Uh, but ultimately, it made for a much more interesting and impactful presentation. And then regarding taking the feedback, I mean, it is difficult. You have to humble yourself and accept that maybe you've got a way of doing things and maybe it's a good way of doing things, but that there could be a better way of doing things. So having to let go of the pride and ego and give a new way a, a try. For me, ego is the obstacle to personal progress. You know, I tend to think my way is good enough, so why change? But the truth is, we're not going to change unless we want something bad enough or the pain of doing things the way it is now, that status quo hurts enough. So in my case, I desperately wanted to do a great job in this year's competition. And that meant I had to let go of my ego at every turn and just do things the way that the experts advised me. And so, you know, some of the stuff that I heard was you need to make sure that your attire is professional and on point. So I made sure I had, a, you know, dress shirt and a suit jacket that my office was immaculate because it represents you. And so I staged the background to be very organized and clutter free. Um, I was told to work on my audio. So I made sure I got a good podcasting microphone. So I sounded clear because if people can't hear me, they can't get my message. Um, it said to improve my video quality because it was built in the webcam on my laptop was blurry. So I got a nice external webcam and it was taking sort of all those little pieces that maybe individually won't make a huge difference, but collectively I think helped to convey that message of professionalism and a really good quality pitch in the end. I, I can totally commiserate with the having to cut something really hard. Every once in a while, this editor asks for 700 words and gets 3,000. Oh, it can be done, but it, it's painful at times and it, it requires thoughtfulness. And I can tell you that you were doing that on your pitch because it came out so well. 
And then I love what you're saying about ego is the barrier to our personal progress. Good for you for taking all those little tidbits and bringing them together into such a successful case and pitch. Thank you. Sometimes people participating in the Q's Emerge program have never written a business case before. Had you prepared one previously? So I've never prepared a business case in this much detail before. I've done more like one-page proposals on ideas, so I had some level of comfort there in writing a case, but not necessarily nearly as extensive. Um, personally, I'm a much better speaker than a writer, so for me, the written phase of the program was definitely the most difficult. Uh, I had a hard time organizing my thoughts at first. That was definitely a challenge. And so I ended up having to actually draw out all of my ideas on a sheet of notebook paper because I couldn't organize it, you know, trying to use Microsoft Word or PowerPoint typing things. I just kept getting lost and going in circles. And so finally scratching out notes on a sheet of paper and sort of laying out, here's the structure of what I need to convey, that finally helped me get everything written down. And then once I had that, writing the pitch, uh, you know, the written part of the case went much, much smoother. But it was definitely a challenge. It was not easy. Again, very cool. So, Zachary, based on that, what advice do you have for leaders crafting a good business case? So a key learning that I took away from the Q's Emerge program came from one of our speakers who said, humans are wired for story. And so as someone on the finance side of the business, I just figured that data and facts will win the day. Everything's so clear. I mean, the numbers prove it. It's in black and white. Um, but that just isn't how we're hardwired as a species. And so if telling stories matters, then we need to find the story in our own business cases. And my example could have been a challenging one because data analytics, you know, how do you make a story out of data? And so I really had to think about how could I translate this sort of abstract concept into something concrete. Um, and I spent a lot of time just brainstorming and I was kind of banging my head against the wall. I'm like, how do I bring this alive? How do I find an example? And then finally, I stumbled across the example of our member, Mrs. Rose. And so the idea of her situation and how we could help her. I mean, sure, there's clear benefits to leveraging data analytics, but what is more powerful? If I said there's strong financial and member benefits to implementing my proposal, or we can transform the lives of our members through data. Let me tell you about Mrs. Rose. So um, her situation, I think, brought sort of that concept into action and brought it to life. Here's how we're able to transform someone's life, reduce their not only their loan payments and interest rate, but for her, it was the difference between having electricity and having the power cut off her house in one of our hot Florida summers where air conditioning is mission critical. Absolutely. I have family in Florida, and when that air conditioning goes out, the mold comes in. So that's a real problem. That's wonderful. I love the idea that storytelling helped you tell the numbers story even better. Certainly numbers speak, right? Sometimes graphs and charts really help understanding. And yet, when you bring it down to people again, then the point goes home and to heart. So you've had to do a lot of follow-up speaking after winning. You're here. You've been on CU Broadcast, probably other places that I'm not mentioning. How has that been for you? And how does that fit into your long-term vision for yourself? Yeah, so uh, honestly, I should have expected what was going to happen, and I didn't expect what was going to happen. So the way that I've described that is like I bought a lottery ticket, but you know I didn't really expect to win, except then the next day somebody shows it up at your door with this giant check, you know, and the news media is there and they want to interview about how you're going to spend your winning. So I didn't exactly know. I was just so thrilled to be part of the process that honestly, I hadn't thought beyond what the winning meant. I just wanted to do my best and really represent myself and the credit union well. Um, I'm very thankful to have been given this opportunity, and it does align with kind of my career goals. So I have a couple things I really want to be able to do. One, I aspire to become a credit union CEO one day. And the other thing I love doing is speaking on leadership development topics. I've been blessed 
to learn from a lot of very wise people, a lot of books that have read great things and sort of stolen the best of the ideas and compiled it together. And so I really like to be able to go out and speak and share more on how you can be successful as a leader, how you can build strong, high-performance teams. Not that I know all the answers, but that I've learned some great answers that have benefited me and I think really can benefit others in their professional development and career as well. That's so great. There's wonderful insights in everything you've said. Before we end the show, I I would like to know if you have any words of advice for up-and-coming leaders in the credit union space. Yeah, I'd say step out of your comfort zone and challenge yourself. I mean, it is scary. You could fail, um, but you'd be like me and enter in 2013 and not even get past the social media phase and have an embarrassing video out there on the web. But then look, nine years later, what happens? So uh, the great things in life, they just don't come easy. And you don't know how much potential you have until you test yourself and see what are you capable of? What are your limits? So give things a shot, try and get involved and you never know what will happen. For me, as a Q's Emerge participant, even if I fell flat on my face, again, um, I would have walked away with 29 new best friends in the credit union world that are there to help me. So there is no way to lose by putting yourself out and just taking a chance and seeing what's possible. Zachary, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I would like to thank you, our listeners, for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to today's episode of The Q's Podcast. And many thanks to Zachary for sharing so many useful insights. Find a full transcript of this episode at cumanagement.com slash podcast 138. You can also find more great credit union-specific content at cumanagement.com. To get more information about The Q's Emerge program, please visit cuesemerge.com. Thanks again for listening today. Cues is an international credit union association that champions and delivers effective talent development solutions for executives, staff, and boards to drive organizational success.